0: Today is the 11th day of November Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible, I'm Brian It's great to be here with you today Kind of bringing this week in for a landing together Well, let's dive in Ezekiel chapter 23 verses 1 through 49 today And we're reading from the New Living Translation this week This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, once there were two sisters who were daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt. Even as young girls they allowed men to fondle their breasts. The older girl was named Ohola, and her sister was Aholiba. I married them and they bore me sons and daughters. I am speaking of Samaria and Jerusalem, for Ahola is Samaria and Aholeba is Jerusalem. Then Ahola lusted after other lovers instead of me, and she gave her love to the Assyrian officers. They were all attractive young men, captains and commanders dressed in handsome blue, charioteers driving their horses, And so she prostituted herself with the most desirable men of Assyria, worshipping their idols and defiling herself. For when she left Egypt, she did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. She was still as lewd as in her youth when the Egyptians slept with her, fondled her breasts and used her as a prostitute. And so I handed her over to her Assyrian lovers, whom she desired so much. They stripped her, took away her children as their slaves, and then killed her. After she received her punishment, her reputation was known to every woman in the land. Yet even though Aholibah saw what had happened to Ahola, her sister, she followed right in her footsteps And she was even more depraved, abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution. She fawned over all the Assyrian officers, those captains and commanders in handsome uniforms, those charioteers driving their horses, all of them attractive young men. I saw the way she was going, defiling herself just like her older sister. Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on a wall. Pictures of Babylonian military officers, outfitted in striking red uniforms. Handsome belts encircled their waists, and flowing turbans crowned their heads. They were dressed like chariot officers from the land of Babylonia. When she saw these paintings, she longed to give herself to them. So she sent messengers to Babylonia to invite them to come to her. So they came and committed adultery with her, defiling her in the bed of love. After being defiled, however, she rejected them in disgust. In the same way, I became disgusted with the holy ba and rejected her, just as I had rejected her sister because she flaunted herself before them and gave herself to satisfy their lusts. Yet she turned to even greater prostitution, remembering her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. She lusted after lovers with genitals as large as donkeys and emissions like those of a horse. And so, Aholibah, you relived your former days as a young girl in Egypt when you first allowed your breasts to be fondled. Therefore, Aholibah, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will send your lovers against you from every direction, those very nations from which you turned away in disgust, for the Babylonians will come with all the Chaldeans from Picard and Shoah and Koah. And all the Assyrians will come with them. Handsome young captains, commanders, chariot officers, and other high-ranking officers, all riding their horses. They will all come against you from the north with chariots, wagons, and a great army prepared for attack. They will take up positions on every side, surrounding you with men armed with shields and helmets, and I will hand you over to them for punishment, so they can do with you as they please. I will turn my jealous anger against you, and they will deal harshly with you. They will cut off your nose and ears, and any survivors will then be slaughtered by the sword." Your children will be taken away as captives and everything that is left will be burned. They will strip you of your beautiful clothes and jewels. In this way, I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you brought from Egypt. You will never again cast longing eyes on those things or fondly remember your time in Egypt. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely hand you over to your enemies, to those you loathe, those you rejected. They will treat you with hatred and rob you of all you own, leaving you stark naked. The shame of your prostitution will be exposed to all the world. You brought all this on yourself by prostituting yourself to other nations, defiling yourself with all their idols. Because you have followed in your sister's footsteps, I will force you to drink the same cup of terror she drank." Yes, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, "...you will drink from your sister's cup of terror, a cup that is large and deep. It is filled to the brim, with scorn and derision. Drunkenness and anguish will fill you, for your cup is filled to the brim with distress and desolation, the same cup your sister Samaria drank. You will drain that cup of terror to the very bottom. Then you will smash it to pieces and beat your breast in anguish. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And because you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, this is what the Sovereign Lord says You must bear the consequences of all your lewdness and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, you must accuse Ahola and Aholeba of all their detestable sins. They have committed both adultery and murder. Adultery by worshipping idols and murder by burning as sacrifices the children they bore to me. Furthermore, they have defiled my temple and violated my Sabbath day. On the very day that they sacrificed their children to their idols, they boldly came into my temple to worship. They came in and defiled my house. You sisters sent messengers to distant lands to get men. Then when they arrived, you bathed yourselves, painted your eyelids, and put on your finest jewels for them. You sat with them on a beautifully embroidered couch and put my incense and my special oil on a table that was spread before you. From your room came the sounds of many men carousing. They were lustful men and drunkards from the wilderness who put bracelets on your wrist and beautiful crowns on your heads. Then I said, If they really want to have sex with old, worn-out prostitutes like these, let them. And that is what they did. They had sex with Ahola and Aholibah, these shameless prostitutes. But righteous people will judge these sister cities for what they really are, adulterers and murderers. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Bring an army against them and hand them over to be terrorized and plundered, for their enemies will stone them And kill them with swords. They will butcher their sons and daughters and burn their homes. And this way I will put an end to lewdness and idolatry in the land, and my judgment will be a warning to all women not to follow your wicked example. You will be fully repaid for all your prostitution, your worship of idols. Yes, you will suffer the full penalty. And then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Hebrews 10, 18-39 And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By His death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, There is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume His enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said, The Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Psalm 109 For the Choir Director A Psalm of David O God, whom I praise, Don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations even as I am praying for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. They say, Get an evil person to turn against him. Send an accuser to bring him to trial. When his case comes up for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let someone else take his position. May his children become fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander as beggars and be driven from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate, and strangers take all he has earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May his family name be blotted out in the next generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his fathers. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May the Lord always remember these sins and may his name disappear from human memory. For he refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy and he hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. Cursing is as natural to him as his clothing or the water he drinks or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May those curses become the Lord's punishment for my accusers who speak evil of me. But deal well with me, O Sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me, because you are so faithful and good. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I am a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced. But I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace. May their humiliation cover them like a cloak. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising Him to everyone. For He stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Proverbs 27.13 Get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. Okay, so some saucy stuff in the book of Ezekiel today. God compares uh, Samaria and Jerusalem, so the northern and the southern kingdom, uh, to prostitutes who lust for lovers who are hung like donkeys And I don't think we need to, I don't think we need to go into that. It's pretty self-explanatory other than to say God is using a graphic metaphor to show how this constant generational mixture with all of the nations around them, where they're mixing themselves in with these people and adopting all of their culture and mixing it with their own, including the worship of foreign and false gods, is an utter betrayal of God and God is pretty clear about how he feels about it but in the book of Hebrews we reach this kind of breakthrough moment where everything that we've been talking about in the book of Hebrews leads to this place where the implications become apparent so first we have to remember Hebrews was written to Hebrews So everything that's being said is from a Hebrew cultural perspective. And at length, we've been looking at the sacrificial system that every Hebrew who grew up Hebrew would understand. And we spent some time looking at things that happened before the sacrificial system. So before the Mosaic law, which is something that the Apostle Paul also did in his writings. And we talked about how there was precedent in the Hebrew culture that something new was going to happen, that redemption would happen by God doing a new thing. And then we watched as the writer of Hebrew declared that Jesus is that new thing, and then referred back to the Old Testament to show how. And so today we see the implications of Jesus being this new thing this new high priest, this final sacrifice in the sacrificial system and the institution of this new covenant, this new thing. And the implications are found in the 10th chapter of Hebrews beginning with verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Jesus By his death Jesus opened a new And life-giving way Through the curtain Into the most holy place And since we have a great high priest Who rules over God's house Let us go right into the presence of God With sincere hearts Fully trusting him For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Okay, so this is something that we take for granted, that we have instant and always-on access to God. That's not the story for the readers here. The only way they can get to God is by offering a sacrifice, and the high priest once a year entering the most holy place and entering the presence of God on behalf of the people. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, all of that has come to its completion. And now because we have this high priest, Jesus, presiding over a new covenant directly from heaven, we can actually go into the holy of holies. In other words, we can actually, personally, individually enter the presence of God. This is a massive, massive paradigm shift, a completely different way of looking at things and a giant leap of faith for the early Hebrew believers. It forces them by default to be at odds with their culture and flies in the face of their religious tradition. And the pressure that that brings upon these people is remarkable. But the promise of intimacy and union and collaboration and a personal relationship with God is also remarkable. Now, because the pressures are so remarkable, I mean, to the point of persecution, the writer of Hebrews leaves words of encouragement, words that echo across time, words that find themselves in our lives today, right now, because in a lot of ways, we face these same kind of pressures. Maybe not pressures of persecution like they were facing, but definitely the crush of culture in the world. So I'm going to read the last little portion of Hebrews that we just read as words of encouragement to you, whatever is going on in your life, and invite you to meditate upon it as you go through your day. So beginning at verse 32, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. and When all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then, you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to sear these words on our hearts. That we may remember the magnitude of what you have done in doing this new thing through Jesus our Lord. That this relationship that we often take for granted is only available to us because of Jesus and that we can come clean and righteous before you into your presence, into the holy of holies, as it were, and be in your very presence. Come, Holy Spirit, and let us see what this means because all of the other circumstances of life begin to fade away in the truth of this reality. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at DailyAudioBible.com. There is a link. It's on the homepage. Thank you profoundly for your partnership. If you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996. Spring Hill, Tennessee. 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow.
1: Good evening, Daily Audio Bible listeners. My name is Deborah, I'm from Michigan. I'm calling to request prayers for my dearest friend Kathy and her husband, Jeff, from Kansas City. Jeff was diagnosed this week with an aggressive form of leukemia. It's so aggressive that they immediately began chemotherapy on him today. The chemo treatments are so intense that they had to put him on life support while he's receiving it. I'm asking you to please pray for Jeff and his wife, Kathy, that they can feel God's strength and peace and love surround them and pray for his healing. I look forward to hearing so many voices and so many prayers. Thank you all for praying. This is a great community. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jill.
2: God bless. Everyone, my name is Grace. I'm saved because of his grace. I've never called in before. But I'm calling in because of my dad. I love him so, so much. He was diagnosed with cancer about six weeks ago. And he only has a few more days Please pray that any suffering, any pain is relieved from him. Pray that just God, that God takes him up in his wings and just carries him to heaven and that it is a peaceful and beautiful ride for my dad my dad to know how much I love him and what a good dad he was to me. Thank you, everyone.
3: Hello, DB family. This is Anonymous and Confused calling with a prayer request. I called several months ago asking for you to pray for me for wisdom, guidance, and direction regarding a long-term toxic relationship that I've been in. I've been getting some Christian counseling and on some levels it, quote unquote, seems to be getting a little bit better in some ways. And yet even saying that is actually part of the unhealthy cycle, which includes minimizing and denial. Um, I'm faced with deep anguish and conflict in my soul about what to do next. Do I remain faithful to an unhealthy relationship? which has taken its toll on me over the years, or do I set healthy boundary and have the courage to act on it? I feel, it feels so scary. I, I don't feel any peace about staying or going. I feel almost paralyzed when I sing songs like It Is Well With My Soul. I don't feel the peace in the way that I usually do. There's no easy fix or solution to the situation. It's gonna get ugly and messy, and I don't like messy. I'm trying to take deep breaths and trust that God is working even behind the seeds in ways I cannot see. Family, please pray for clarity, wisdom, guidance, and direction on what I should do, and then that God would give me the courage to do what I need to do. I really need the Lord's help. Thank you for your prayers.
4: This is favored one calling in about our dear sister in Christ, Philippians 4 6. When I read the post from her friend, my emotions were numbed. All kinds of thoughts were racing through my heart and mind. After sorting them out, my heart went out to her loved ones who had to endure seeing her suffer through her last days on earth. I thank God that the grief they are going through is not like the world's grief, because there is hope and peace knowing their beloved Lisa is with Jesus and our Abba Father in heaven right now. Thanking our Lord for his mercies and love he showed her while she lived here on earth. Thanking him for letting Lisa share her faith, her trust, and her love for Jesus with all those who would listen. Her life, like ours, is just a vapor, though hers was even shorter than most. But in that short time span, Her spirit touched and impacted each and every one of our lives. Lord, we thank you for letting us love your precious daughter. Even though we are saddened to hear the news, we know with no doubt in our minds and souls that she is with you now, and you have wiped away all her tears, taken away all her pain, and brought nothing but joy to her spirit. Her spirit will live on in heaven for eternity, and in our hearts on earth until we are reunited one day in heaven with her. I am praying 1 John 4-7 over all of us, as I believe Philippians 4-6 would want us to carry on in her absence. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God.